Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Our new series, At The Movies, is both fun and meaningful as we dive into some of Hollywood's biggest blockbusters to unpack spiritual truths for our lives. We hope you enjoy part one of At The Movies. This this is week one of At The Movies. Every, every week of this series is going to be something a little unique, and so I want to encourage you not to just come back next week. It's, it's going to be very unique, and I, I want you to bring somebody. Be a bringer next weekend. How about that? And, but this week, I, I, want to, I want to just base our time together for the next few minutes on, on the epic movies. Uh, I, I love the epic movies where there is the incredible battle of good versus evil, uh, one of the one of the best epics of of really a couple of generations. Come on, somebody! Star Wars. Uh, the, there's, uh, calm down, everybody. Calm down. Uh, the the Star Wars Empire versus the Rebel Alliance. Um, recently, in our generation, it was Thanos basically versus everybody. You know, and I, I don't I think I'd only seen one of those movies, but my, my son had seen all of them and wanted to go see Endgame. And I sat there for three hours, y'all, and I had no idea what was going on, but I loved I loved every minute of it. That's an amazing, amazing movie. Back back in my day a few years ago, we had I'm gonna I'm gonna date everybody in this room, but we had William Wallace, everybody. Come on, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Just the, the epic movies of, of, of good versus evil. That thing makes noise. I didn't know that. We're... The, the epic movies. The, there's good versus evil. Good always seems to be outnumbered. Evil always seems like it's going to prevail. And good always triumphs. You know it's going to happen. It may take a little time, but you know it's going to happen. And the incredible thing is every one of those epic tales are just plagiarized straight out of the Word of God. And it's, it's, it's just the tale that, that God has been telling since the words in the beginning were first written and recorded for us to understand how God is interacting in our lives. And it is this battle of epicness of good versus evil that I want to talk about, which naturally leads me to want to talk about my seasonal allergies. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I struggle with seasonal allergies. It's, it's intense. Um, if, if you're a woman in the room and you've had a baby, you kind of know what it's like for me to experience <laughs> seasonal allergies. <laughs> I need, I need a team of people around me. I need constant care. I need ice chips. I don't really know why, but just keep the ice chips a-coming. Uh, I just, I, it's, it's weird, and I do this every year. I'm battling it right now. I, I don't realize, I'm so un, unaware of myself sometimes, I don't realize that, that the, the environment around me is changing, and I'm breathing in all of these toxins, 
and they're getting into my body, and I don't know it until I start to have the physical things going on in my life. And just, it, it's toxins in the environment, and I don't really pay attention to it until it just begins to show up in really, really negative, difficult ways to deal with. And then I start taking these magical things called antihistamines. And their job is to resist the toxins that are in the air and just give me some relief. And I, I want to talk about the resistance. I want to kind of use Star Wars a little bit. Princess Leia, the leader of the resistance, the, the first world order, fighting off what's going on around. And I, I don't know if you know it or not, but there, there is a new spiritual wor- world order in our world, and, and God has called us to be part of the resistance. And Paul records it this way in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. How many of you know sometimes in your life you don't need to worry about making progress? You just need to focus on not losing ground. (laughs) I'm just going to stand in this season. Stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And Paul just says, withstand. He tells us that that we're not supposed to go out and try to find evil. Like when, when we come into Christianity, when we become followers of Jesus, that doesn't make us spiritual ghostbusters. Like who are you going to call ghostbusters? We're going to go out and find evil in the world. We're looking for a devil in every corner. Paul just said that our job, watch this, is just to withstand what's going on all around us. That, that we're, we're supposed to withstand. What's incredible is the word withstand in the Greek is the, is the word antihistame which has nothing to do with antihistamines, but they just sound really similar. And they both mean the same thing. They mean to resist. That, that we're living in, in a world that is out of spiritual order with what God wants for our lives. And if we're going to win in what God wants us to win, that means we have to withstand. We have to resist the spiritual battle that's going on all around us. Because how many of you in this room know that we are in an epic battle? That we're in an epic battle. And that there is, I'm going to drop a phrase, there is spiritual warfare. And Paul is going to give us really super practical things to help equip us so that we can resist picking up the spiritual order of the world around us so that we can be in the place and the position that God wants us to be, so that we can experience what God wants us to experience. And when you talk about spiritual warfare, uh, people go crazy. They think it's weird. They think it's obnoxious. They think it's something creepy, that it's something super spiritual. And those are the, reason, those are the people that are the reason we can't have nice things in church. It, it's, not, it's not super spiritual. It's, it's just simply principles that Paul says, I, I want to put these in your life so that when you're in this season and, and, and you're walking through this culture, 
You can just stay in a place that God wants you to stay. And the problem is, is we don't pay attention to the fact that we're in a spiritual battle. That, that there is spiritual warfare going on around us. And, and when we don't realize that we're in a battle, there's two things that happen. When you don't know you're in a battle, the first thing you do is you fight the wrong battles. You start fighting the wrong things. We start fighting people when people are not our enemy. The Bible says that our battle isn't with flesh and blood people. That we're battling something else. And it plays out in our life like we're up for a promotion and we think the person that has the power to give us the promotion or give someone else the promotion is the person we're battling with and we think they're a jerk because they don't give us the promotion but they're actually not the person that we're battling with. Because there's a couple of things. One is, I want you to understand this, God is, more, is in more control than you know he is. Like he's in more control than you think he is. And here's the second part of that. You have an adversary that's fighting you harder than you know he is. And we, we think that the person that we're struggling with over whatever the issue, that they're the problem. Because I've had this in my life where I was passed over for opportunities or I was passed over for promotions or, or chances to do things. And I thought, man, why are, why are they doing that? Like it's a problem with them and they don't like me or I don't like them. And actually the battle isn't with that person. There's actually an enemy of your soul that doesn't want to see your life move forward, doesn't want to see you prosper in the plans of God and see the things that God wants for your life. And you've got to back up and realize that the person that's in charge of giving you promotions isn't in charge of promotions. There's a God that's actually in charge of promotions and he's the God that can turn hearts and change people and move things in your life and what you're battling with isn't just a person. You're battling something else and we need to learn something that we don't need to fight the wrong battles. We need to fight the right battles because there is a God that is in control of your life. Here's the second thing is when we don't realize we're in a battle, we use the wrong weapons. We, we start fighting in our lives with just the resources we have. And our resources are things like human logic. Come on, you ever just try to figure something out in your life? I'm going to figure this out. Or we start going with how we, how we feel. You've, your feelings ever led you in a bad direction before? That's, that's the resources that we have. There, there are these resources that, that we use when we don't realize that we're in a battle. We start just pulling out our resources. And what, what Paul is writing to us is God's given you some different resources. And he says the weapons of our warfare, they are not human, but they are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds in your life and there's sometimes we're trying to use manipulation and we're trying to use logic and we're trying to use reasoning and I'm going to go with my gut and God says I want to resource you with some other things that it's not human resources but it does have power to begin to change the circumstances of your life because they're God-given resources that's going to take you to a place where you've been walking in defeat and you don't even realize that you're taking in all of the toxins of the world until you see it showing up in your marriage, until you see it showing up in your walk with God, until you see it showing up in your attitude. And Paul says this, we're going to stop fighting with the resources we have and we're going to start resisting all of that stuff because God wants to see you stop getting defeated in your life and start walking in victory in your life using the weapons of warfare that he wants to give you. 
And so he gives us six very practical things. Very practical. Not creepy and weird. If people get creepy and weird, it's because they're creepy and weird. Not because these are creepy and weird. He says, put on the belt of truth. And when Paul is writing this, he's taking something that he would see every day, and that is a Roman soldier. It would have been an everyday occurrence. It would be like seeing a police officer in our city. You would see this pretty much every day. And he's taking their equipment, and he's using the way they dress for military and physical battle to show us how to fight spiritually. And it's one of the reasons we do at the movies is we love to take things that are just common in culture. We see it every day, so let's just use it to figure out how God wants us to win. Amen, somebody? And so he's, he's, just, he's just taking the equipment, and he says, he says the Roman soldiers wear a belt. And he says, put on the belt of truth. The belt was important because it was what held everything else together. The sword would be hosted on the belt. There would be a breastplate we're going to talk about. All of it would be connected. And he said, put on the belt of truth. Don't, don't take it off. Put it on. Come on, Thanksgiving is coming up. How many of you have stretchy pants? How many of you know that sometimes it feels freeing just to take that belt off? And that's the, that's, that's the picture of what Paul is painting for us, is in our society, in our culture, we think it's freeing to take the belt off. And Paul says, it's not freedom to take the belt off, it's actually freedom to put the belt on. And I, I could survey the room right now and say, how many of you love the truth? And we're sitting in church today because we want to know the truth of the Word of God. But the reality is, is we don't love the truth as much as we say we love the truth. Because if you love the truth, sometimes it would be easy, easier for us to have hard conversations, right? Anybody, anybody ever have to have somebody tell you something you didn't want to hear? There's a reason why people go on these talent shows and they shouldn't be on a talent show. <laughs> Now you're supposed to be on a singing competition. You sound like a sick cat. No, no, listen, nobody loved them enough to tell them the truth. And they didn't love themselves enough to say, hey, would you speak truth into my life? And we live in a culture that wants to redefine truth and say, you just do your truth. But the reality is, is you can't define truth. Truth defines itself. And it says that if you will take off truth, that you can find freedom. But the Bible says this, it's actually truth that's going to set you free. That God doesn't give us the truth to bind us. God gives us the truth so that we can fight to the freedom that God wants us to have. Put on the belt of truth. And let's just get honest about who we are and what God wants for our lives. The second thing he says is put on the breastplate of righteousness. was a piece that would obviously go over the heart. And watch this. Righteousness was something that you would put on. And catch this. It's not something you are. Righteousness is something you put on. Now, you are righteous in the sight of God. I don't want you to mistake that. But the reason why you are righteous is because you haven't got righteousness. It's because you've put on Jesus' righteousness. And you got to be careful because your right standing and the rightness in your life is what you put on, which means you've got to be careful of what comes out of you. Because sometimes we're making decisions based on what's coming out of us, 
thinking that my instincts are true and my emotions are right. But the Bible says the heart above all things is deceitful. you got to be careful about how you feel. And if you're just making decisions based on what's coming out of you, you make the wrong decision. So Paul says put something on you that's going to help guard your heart. And the high priest in, in biblical days would wear an ephod. They, they had garments that they would serve in, and there was a breastplate. And there would be 12 stones on the breastplate. And each of them would have a name of a tribe of Israel. Because God wanted them that while they were serving, God wanted them to carry the names of each tribe over their heart when they were serving. They had the names of those people over their heart. And the reality is all of us in this room today is we carry, we carry names over our hearts. Some of, us carry, some of us carry names of people that have hurt us. Some of us carry the labels of what's happened to us. and We carry names and identity of things that happened to us. We carry names like failure. We carry names like rejection. We carry names like addiction. We carry names of things that have happened to us and transpired in our lives. And, and Paul said this. He said, I want you to just put on the breastplate of righteousness over your life. I don't want you to carry those names over your heart and make decisions out of your addiction and out of your failure and out of your pain and out of your hurt. I want you to just put one name over your heart. I want you to put the righteousness of Jesus Christ over your heart. And when you start looking at your life and who you are, don't pull out the name of the person that hurts you and don't pull out the name and the identity of your failure. Just pull out one name that says Jesus and I'm in right state with him and that I've been forgiven and I've been freed and everything that I am isn't coming out of me it's coming out of what's been placed on me and it's the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ I believe today somebody needs to put on the breastplate of righteousness and take off some old identity and some old names and just put one name over your heart the name of Jesus over your heart and let's live with that identity in our lives the third thing he says is the shoes of the gospel of peace one of the things that we overlook today are our shoes because they're prevalent in our culture and our society. But if you can let your mind go back a couple of thousand years, footwear would have been quite different in that day, obviously, uh, sandals. And even looking beyond that into history, footwear was very important. In fact, historians record that, that the great conquerors like Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, that one of the reasons their armies were able to conquer the way that they did is just, watch this, just simply because they had good footwear. Their armies could travel faster than other armies. And because they had the appropriate footwear, they could, they could take terrain that other armies couldn't take. And so something just as simple as a good pair of shoes actually allowed them to take a lot of territory and sometimes we, we think that there's like this big, huge effort, right? We're, gonna, we're in this epic battle of good versus evil, and there's this huge fight. And watch what Paul does. He just goes to one of the most simple things. He says, God's given you some shoes to help you take some territory, and it's peace. <laughs> because I think we think that when we get into a battle, we think worry is going to win the war. And we think anxiety is somehow solving a problem. 
And, and we think being frustrated and living in fear is somehow moving us forward. But can I tell you today that anxiety is never going to take your life anywhere and that sometimes the way that you need to fight is you just need to fight for a position that I'm going to stay in the peace of God because you're going into the marital dispute and what you're saying isn't driven from peace. It's actually driven by your anxiety and your fear. And so you're making decisions that are only making it worse and you're saying words that are drenched with anxiety and fear and you just need to go into the marital dispute like I'm not going in with anxiety I'm going in with a position of peace that says my God is going to work in this situation and we're going to see it all work out because sometimes the greatest territory you can take is just simply not being moved from the peace of God that is in your life that I'm not going to anxiety and I'm not going to fear and I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to doubt because that stuff doesn't take me where it's just simply staying in the peace of God that gives me territory and lets me move forward in my life. And then Paul says this, he says, take up the shield of faith. And actually, as he's leading into this, in other translations, he says, above all else. In other words, the next three things that he's going to tell you is, is crucial. He says, take up the shield of faith. And the shield that they would carry was very large. If you, if you see the little round shields, that's actually a little Bible history for you. That was actually called a buckler. The shield that he's talking about was, was four feet tall and two feet wide. It was, it was large. And it was made out of wood, and then they would put leather on each side of it as they went into battle. And because it was wood and leather, it became very important that they kept their shield anointed. And that they would dip it in water, they would put oil on it, whatever they had to do to keep it Keep it fresh because leather and wood can dry out. So the, the important thing was to keep moisture on it to keep it fresh. Because there was an enemy that would shoot darts and arrows that they would light on fire so that they could shoot it into the camp. Before there were hand grenades and mortars and now, now drones that can drop bombs from 30,000 feet. The way that they would cause chaos is they would shoot an arrow. And obviously, an arrow could kill you, but that was, that was only one part of the goal. The other part of the goal was to, to set it on fire to see if it could find something combustible. Because if they could get a fire going in the troops, how many of you know there's going to be chaos in the ranks, and then the enemy can just move in? And Paul said you got to make sure you got the shield of faith, that it's fresh and anointed. And here's the question. Is there anything combustible in your life? Because what the enemy will do is he will launch an aerial assault. He'll, he'll, throw a, he'll throw a thought your way just to see if there's any dry place in your life that he can set on fire. He'll, he'll throw a discouragement your way. I can't tell you how many times I've had the enemy, and I know, I know that it's just the enemy throwing, throwing discouragement. Throwing a dart, throwing some thought, some anxiety, some fear to see if there's anything 
combustible in my life. And that's why Paul said, above all, you've got to pick up the shield of faith so that you can not just stop the arrows, but you can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. That's why you can't just have faith. You've got to have fresh faith, which is why you need to be in the Word of God every day, which is why you need to be in the presence of God every day, which is why I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. I'm saying this because it's spiritual warfare. You need to be in the house of God every weekend because you need fresh word. You need fresh anointing. You need fresh presence of God because sometimes you can't live on the word that you heard last year and you can't live on the touch of God that you got five years ago. Come on, the enemy's looking for something that's dried out in your life. He's looking for some area of your life that's no longer fresh just to see if he can set it on fire. But I want to tell you, if you stay in the word, you stay in the house of God, you stay in the presence of God, he can launch the thought if you want to. You're so fresh in your faith. You're just saying, I'm not today, Satan. I'm going to put out every fire dart that you send my way because I know that my God is who he says he is and I know that he's able to do what he said he's going to do and I've got too much fresh faith in my life for you to set a fire in my soul. I'm going to resist everything that's here and I'm walking in victory in Jesus name. And then he says this, he said, put on the helmet of salvation and I was going to bring a helmet, but I didn't want to mess up my hair. Put on the helmet of salvation. In another, another verse, Paul explains it this way, 1 Thessalonians 5.8. He says, but since we belong to the day, we must stay alert, clear-headed, by placing the breastplate of faith. Again, he's using military equipment to explain spiritual principles. The breastplate of faith and love over our hearts. And watch this, and a helmet of the hope of our salvation over our thoughts. The message version calls it the happy helmet of salvation. How many of you know that the biggest, the biggest battle in your life is the battle that goes on in your mind? Like that's the, uh, like people can attack, say all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, I want to tell you, man, no, no one's ever hurt me as much as I've just hurt myself. With just, the, just the, the mess and junk that goes on in my brain. And the message is called the happy helmet of salvation. How many of you know that God's just called us to joy? That he's called us to, to hope. Like not to, not to live in this defeated mindset. Not, not to live in this doom and gloom mentality. Not, not to live in this somberness and sorrow. Sometimes you just got to put on the happy helmet of salvation and realize that Jesus paid it all. Jesus did it all. Jesus won it all. And I'm just the recipient of the goodness of God and that God has been really good to me. There was, in, in the King James Version, in the book of Acts, there was a phrase, and none of the modern translations translate it this, well, this way. It's, it's really different, but it just stuck with me from my childhood. In the book of Acts, Paul is writing, and he said this phrase. He said, I think myself happy. And sometimes I've just realized in my life that when I'm losing the mind game and the battle that's going on in my brains, sometimes I just have to back up and think, Jason, just start thinking yourself happy. Get out of this thought pattern and get off of this train of thought and just start reminding yourself that Jesus paid it all 2,000 years ago, that Jesus has brought eternal life into your world. And it doesn't matter what happens in this life because when this life is over, the next life begins. And so there's no way that I can lose in this life because I've got abundant life here. I've got eternal life there. So I'm not going to sit in the doom and gloom and allow the enemy to wreak havoc on my mind. I'm just going to think myself 
happy and I'm going to remember the goodness of God, that he's done the miracles in the past, that he's moved the mountain before, that he's done the blessing, that he's made a way where there seemed to be no way. So I'm just going to think myself happy and just put on, come on somebody, the helmet of salvation and get my hope back in Jesus Christ. And then all of those are defensive weapons. And then the last one Paul gives us is he says this, he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's, it's the only offensive weapon that Paul gives us. That, that the others are about defending and resisting. But there's one that was about going on the offense. Because here's the reality is every one of us in this room, we're fighting a battle. We're fighting a battle. You're in a battle. Some of you are fighting a battle of, lot, of lack and joblessness. You're struggling with, with not having your needs met. Some of you are maybe fighting a battle of your health and sickness. Some of you are maybe fighting a battle of anxiety and discouragement and, and social pressure. And we're all fighting a battle. And here's the reality is God hasn't just put us here to try to fight off some things. God's given us a weapon so that we can go to war with the things that are coming against the plans and purposes of our life. And sometimes you just need to realize that what God has called you to is he's called you to the good fight of faith, that he wants you to get engaged in fighting for his plans and his purpose in your life. And you just need to learn something. And that is the word of God isn't just a devotional guide so that you can have a cup of coffee and have some quiet time with the Lord. The word of God is a weapon, y'all. It's something that God gave you so that you could encounter whatever it is that you're facing. And today, if you're facing lack and you're facing joblessness, you just need to learn how to pick up your weapon and say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And if you're walking through a health issue today, you just need to begin to declare the word of God over your life. He sent his word and he healed my diseases and it's by his stripes we are healed and if you're walking through anxiety today you just need to take the sword of the spirit and say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that through Christ we are victorious if you're walking through addiction today just say this he that the son sets free come on somebody is free indeed let's fight for the victory that belongs to Jesus Christ. Come on, give Jesus some praise in the ring today. Just, just remain standing with me if you don't mind. Listen, listen, I, I just, I hopefully I just informed you from the Word of God and I hope I inspired you with the Word of God. But I also want to, I also want to give you application, like how do I do this? And, the, the way that we teach that at Coast Life Church is through our freedom groups and our freedom conference. We, we want to, what, what I just taught you, it's, it, freedom groups is how we resource you to know how to apply that to your life. So you got the information. I hope you got the inspiration, but I want you to get the application. If you've never been to a freedom group, how many of you know we're better together? We're better together. And our, our, our freedom groups are coming to a close for this season, but in January, they're coming back. And if you've never been, I want to encourage you, go, go learn how to fight a spiritual battle in your life. 
Heidi and I live this every day. We, we, we make our declarations. I, I sat down, I just identified some battles in my life and went and found verses. And I'm just, I just, you just go to war. You go to war. And I want to I pray for us before we go today. All across this room, would you bow your heads? And Father, I pray that every one of these people will resource themselves. And, you know, maybe there's somebody sitting in this room that's never received you. I pray today that, that they'll step into that place of receiving you as Lord and Savior. It's the power of a declaration. You said that salvation is so close to us that it's in our mouth, that it's on our lips because it's the power of our confession. That upon the confession of our faith that you are Lord, that in that moment we find salvation today. Come on, all across this room, if you've never received Jesus, I, I want to I walk you through a confession of Jesus as Lord. It's a simple confession. It's a simple prayer, but it's so powerful. And the reality is, as I get ready to lead us in this prayer, that there's those of us in this room that maybe have never received Christ, or maybe, maybe we have and we're just away from God, and today is a day that you know that God is drawing you into relationship with Him. And this moment is powerful because you're going to make your confession. And as you get ready to unleash the weapon of your voice and make this confession, there's an enemy and an adversary of your soul. And he starts launching fiery darts into your life. He starts telling you you'll never be forgiven. He starts telling you this will never work out. He'll start telling you this isn't for you. He'll start telling you that they'll, they'll never accept you. He'll, he'll tell you that it'll never change. Nothing's going to change in your life. And he'll just start putting all of those fiery darts. But in this room today, we're going to bind together in faith. And we're going to lift up the shield of faith. And we're going to quench every one of those darts. And somebody's making a confession that will forever change their life right now in this moment. Come on, you ready? We're going to pray it together. I'm going to lead it. I'm going to give you the words. You say them out of your mouth and out of your heart. Our whole church family is saying this prayer with you as a sign of our faith standing with you. Come on, family. Let's say it. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person. Today I follow you. I will walk in your path. I will follow your ways. I receive you now as my leader and my Lord. And let's make it a confession. I will never be the same. I will never be the same. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Come on, could we give Jesus some praise in the room today? Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. And if you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives. Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know that there is encouragement and God's Word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.